said, what do you call it when your dreams have all died? And what do you call it when every breath's a sigh? And what do you call it when you just can't go on? And you wish in the end would come sooner? Well, I pondered a question and I looked at the time And I said, well, it's 12 p.m. So let's call it a nooner Oh, good morning, everybody. If you listen to that, that um, theme done by our, fr- our pal, pal Brad Stark, uh, you can hear in the background there's a woman going, sample, 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 because he... Uh, just stole that from a, a uh, whatever a stock music joint and laid it over, but didn't want to spend the twenty bucks for it, and nor did I. So thank you, Brad, for doing that. Welcome to the Nooner Podcast on the uh, Smodco Internet Radio Network. I am a Merp. I'm a host. My name is Marty. This week I am joined by none other than um, uh, I can place the face. I just can't get the name. Um, Help me out. John Cougar Melonhead. John Cougar Melonhead. Yes. You <laughs> <laughs> it's the nethead uh, himself, Will Wilkins. Welcome back, Will. It's been a long my, thank time. Thank you, sir. It's a pleasure. The rest of the gang, they're all at the burn. That's what they're doing. Um, all the Merps are burning this. Have you ever gone to, to Burning Man? I have no, no, no. I have, I've never, never gone to Burning Man. I uh, and I don't mean that in a negatory uh, fashion. I just mean I have, I've never. I've been married since I was twenty three. So unless my wife was already into going to Burning Man, that was never in my future. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm joking. That no, nobody's at Burning Man that I know of right now. Uh, well, actually, someone, someone I work with is there, uh, and I have nothing against it except that it's full of people rolling in the rich people rolling in the dust of the the desert and that grosses me out well i'm sure it's nothing like what it used to be you know i'm sure it used to be very uh you know bohemian and very earthy and very you know on natural if you will but you know as anything becomes more popular it becomes trendy i mean my neighbor had an airstream like trailer uh, that was for sale and two uh young ladies purchased that from him and they were going to gut it and make it their little uh party hangout for going to burning man that year so you know it at that point i think you you kind of lose the charm and and now you're just kind of into the trendy kind of mystique of it i would go to burning man if i could be in that trailer with those two women uh no but to be in an airstream trailer that was air conditioned and had full plumbing and you know a full oh, kitchen yeah. but i think that it goes against the the principles of burning man but i i mean i'm sure that there there are those true believers who who find their tribe there and then there are the the bros who go out there to see naked ladies and then there're a bunch of somewhere in between there's all different types of cliques None of which I, I believe I, I fit with, and that's fine with me. Uh, but enjoy. If you're out in the burn, let us know how it is. Or if you've been, let us know how it is. You can tweet at us at Nooner Podcast or email us at noonerpodcast at gmail.com. And I just want to thank everybody for listening week after week. I can't tell you how much it means that everybody tunes in or downloads our blathering voices every week. 
whether it's the six people that we think are listening or the actual number of people who listen, which is how, how many people listen? Do you <laughs> it's know? a lot more than six, okay, Marty. Stop saying that. 17 people. Uh, we we <laughs> welcome your voices, uh, or your your participation, your listening, including Tyson and Darren, who who man the Tumblr page, which is at com, And then we've got, uh, I forgot, shoot, uh, well, ah, an update is available. Um, Congratulations. I know. I I thought I dismissed that. That will probably go off again sometime today. Well, welcome to I, podcasting, everyone. Yeah, yeah. I guess I can turn that down. Um <laughs> But yes, we we really appreciate um, everybody who is listening in. Tell a friend. Uh, this weekend we had another mass shooting again in Florida. This time at a Madden 18 video game tournament in Jacksonville, and we, as a nation, are taking action. We're we're sending more thoughts and more empty prayers. More. And, yep. be, and because more, this is more kumquats and pears, right? Right. That's what we're sending. Yes, exactly. And because this is a mental health issue and not a gun issue, we should obviously sue the mental health professionals who were treating the shooter because they are clearly at fault. Uh, no, but what real action is being taken? Uh, is Florida going to start cracking down? And, and they actually do have a mental health law that prevents uh, mentally ill people from purchasing guns. Uh, but, but if you buy one in Baltimore and drive down to Florida... Right. Well, also, they don't enforce the law. So the law is on the books. Mm. It's only good if you enforce it, but they don't. Um, of the millions of people you know, since the law took effect who have applied for gun uh, permits, I think you know, like a few hundred have been rejected because of this mental health thing. Um, but no, they're not cracking down on that. Uh, the the tournament organizers, the Madden 18 people, they've canceled their next three tournaments. So we are forced to live in fear instead of addressing the issue head on. Again, You I, know, what's funny, Marty, is I believe in some circles mm. when people are uh, affected by an activity and then the result is, is fear and cancellation... I believe some people call that a, an act of terrorism. Right. And by doing that, they win. They, they, they win. That's their point. Exactly. And in this case, uh, you know, you don't, this is one of those things where it really is kind of hard to, to point a figure finger at a culprit. I mean, because the gun was purchased legally. So, you know, that, argument is kind of set aside other than the fact that you know we really do need i think i i think i saw the best tweet about this and it's really simple mm. it's an easy solution and it's a part-time solution put in legislation for stricter gun laws let's just do that for six months to one year okay and then if the problem seems to have been curbed we can review it at that time. So now you're getting the best of both worlds. You're you're getting the people that want stricter gun laws uh, being appeased, and you got the uh, the the gun advocates who say, "Oh, well, that's not going to change a thing." Well, proof is in the pudding, guys. Don't you fucking touch my gun. Uh, well, no. I, I can't because Obama already came for it. Didn't oh, they? that's right. Didn't he? That's right. He took them all. That's like they yeah. had uh, banner sales, by the way, of, of guns during the Obama administration because of that fear. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's actually a really good idea. That That's a sort of experiment, right, of seeing how mm -hmm. it works. Uh, but 
that's not going to happen as long as the majority of Congress is in the NRA's pocket. So the, I guess the, the, uh, the takeaway is uh, vote, vote, vote. But just one. You know, it's interesting, too, whenever we, we come to this topic, because, you know, the NRA always comes up. And um, whether that is right or wrong, I'm not here to debate. But when you look at, I think the active membership of the NRA is 5 million people. I think is, okay. is those are those are the the paid members of, of the organization, and when you compare it, um, you know, against the national number of people that vote, like if we just look at the presidential election, I mean, it doesn't even scratch ten uh, percent. I don't think so. Right. Really, it's not about like catering to your Second Amendment constituent so much as just getting that sweet sweet nra paycheck for your uh for your campaign is my guess yeah they um you know they don't actually reveal how many uh members they have it's estimated five million but it could gotcha but but it's you know they're a very um they're not very transparent and uh but you know the whole point is it's a gun lobby group created by gun manufacturers so their goal is to sell guns their goal isn't to promote uh, liberty or freedom it is to sell guns so uh, don't well and, and we're, we're also at that point now where it once again you know people bring up the second amendment and you know uh, originally we used to be able to fall back on well you know we're talking about in a well-organized militia and now uh, i think Back when this was last kind of legislated, it was decided by Scalia that the intent of the law was to protect gun freedoms and less about, you know, protecting uh, the citizenship of the United States in the face of, of, of foreign power. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we get into that kind of messy realm. And and look, I'm 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 all for somebody being able to have a handgun to protect themselves in their home or even if you have an open carry license. I'm not against that. Uh, you know, it's it, my problem is, you know, anyone that needs any type of, of high volume, high velocity rifle or a limited one that can be modified to uh, not be limited in the number of rounds it can put out because. You know, and I believe, sadly, I said this last time, but then again, I am just a talker. You know, I don't put forth much action. Um, but when it comes down to it, you know, in, in like right now, the only people that we're going to be able to defend ourselves against, realistically mm-hmm. speaking, is our own government. And should that come up, I'm pretty sure the balance of firepower is kind of offset so in the should, government's favor. We should have more then. We yeah, should, exactly. We need more guns. We need tanks. No, we need no. We need claymores. I want claymores. It's a cool sounding name. And yeah, uh, and you could well that yeah. way you can kind of build a uh, a a compound right yeah. there around oh, yeah. the, uh, the Merp Studio. <laughs> I would love that. That would be the best. Uh, yeah, it's it's a it's an impossible situation, and I think, well, at least in the near f- future, they're they're. We're not looking good, but we have a, a very outspoken um, wave of, of young activists. So I'm I'm hopeful, but it's not going to happen uh, in my, in this generation. I don't think um, that where this stuff is uh, is actually tackled. Uh, Josh he tweeted in about uh, the start of Burning Man. It's from the Cacophony Society, uh, which was 
co-founded by John Law, who is like this Bay Area anarchist. Are you familiar with him? He was a, one of the members of the Suicide Club, which is this. I, I I know I've heard the name, but that's all I can really tell you about it. Yeah, I I mean it's uh, I guess it's just some anarchic art collective uh, back in the seventies. And then in 86, they started Burning Man, which was um, basically a bonfire event. And that's what... Yeah, Tyson also pointing out someone missed out big time on creating a National Cigarette Association. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, smoking is actually doing... is People are smoking worldwide. Like the R.J. Reynolds, and, and they've just put their focus into developing nations, and they sell their, their, their tobacco, their cancer sticks there, so... They're doing just fine because of government regulation is killing my right to smoke here. I I just, I get so turned off when I see smoking now. Um, you know, because uh, in LA, they, it was one of the early uh, places where California was to, to ban smoking in bars. And I remember at the time, it was like, oh, that's going to kill, like, what's, go, what's fun about going to bars is just being, you know, acting badly and being, you know, deboshed. And now when I smell it, when, I, when you go to Vegas or whatever, like a, another city that allows smoking, it's just like, it feels toxic. Did we, well, we really do live in a, a kind of in a world now where the smokers are more isolated from the non-smokers, at least here in California. I mean, we've got laws now where I think you can't smoke within 25 feet of an establishment's uh, entrance. So, you know, it's not like you're going to Home Depot and you're walking by the workers that are out for a smoke break. You don't smell cigarettes so much on the streets anymore when you're walking around. Yeah. And I mean, realistically speaking, I was thinking about this because, I, you know, I grew up in one generation. But my my daughter is both of my daughters are growing up in a world where smoking is less prevalent than it used to be. So and I'm it's not even cool wondering how much. Well, th then again, I guess that's the whole uh, argument, uh, that, that currently is going on legislation wise, at least in San Francisco about, um, vaping and, and making it look so attractive and having fruity flavors and the like, and devices that just plug into your USB because they're finding a new way to, uh, to market the, uh, the nicotine. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, are you familiar with the, the jewel? Like, I guess every kid, every teenager knows, somebody who has a jewel uh and that yeah I, i'm not i'm not one of them but i'm not saying i don't know a teenager that doesn't know other teenagers right, um right we're kind of out at borderline on the sticks if you will of the san francisco bay area so i don't know how much of a um of an effect it it, it has in reaching out here but i also know that like my uh, well i guess no i do know somebody because like my my friend uh he his daughter who was looking for a path to greater social acceptance within high school said, could I get a vape pen because I could get non nicotine product, but still appear to be doing something. And maybe I can ingratiate myself with more people the cool kind case. of backwards logic in a way, but also kind of indefensible logic. So, I mean, other than the fact that you're sucking in fog juice, which, you know, I think they're they're saying now that the next generation won't have so much a smoking cough as what they call the uh, microwave popcorn cough right. from uh, breathing in those chemicals when you first. Uh, man, why do I know so much about so many stupid things? <laughs> That's why you're on the show. Uh, yeah, no, thank it, you. It is a. I, I guess 
I don't know. It, it's inconclusive whether it's, uh, it's cancerous or how dangerous vaping is, but certainly nicotine is not that dangerous. It's, it's very addictive, but it's not necessarily uh, lethal unless you overdose on it. But, uh, so I, I don't know. I'm, I'm less concerned about jewels and, than smoking, but I don't know. Both are kind of gross. Um, but if you, know, if you need to use a jewel to quit tobacco smoking, then I'm all for it, you know, then it, it definitely is one pathway into, uh, you know, a, I don't know about a safer product, but at least, uh, getting less carcinogens inside yeah. your body. And it's just a question of how they market it. And Juul is one of the bigger companies there. It's a, uh, up in San Francisco, they, it's a, just a giant, you know, or it's growing massively and it's becoming very, very popular. But, uh, they maintain that they're not trying to market to kids, but they do have those fruity flavors, or they have different flavors, I guess. But they, they're very selective in what flavors they do and how they market it. But still, kids just go on eBay and then they buy their jewel there, you know. And yeah, exactly. You can you can get it, and then you know, like we said, I, they got cotton candy and fruity berry, and and you know, like if it were growing up in our generation, we would be they the products would have been like hubba bubba and. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, other fruitful flavor. What was that fruity gum that was the uh, zebra? Fruit that, striped uh, gum that lasted for like 30 seconds and then tasted like ass after that. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I'm now chewing on a nasty piece of rubber. That's, yes. That's I, what it equated I love, to. I love that. I am, I ate so much candy as a kid. Well, but anyhow, don't, don't start smoking. How's that? No, no, none. We're not encouraging that. Yeah. Heroin on the other hand. Yes. No, wait. Not that either. Uh, yeah, Kevin quit smoking. He used to smoke like a chimney, and he, uh, well, he's. Mm, I mean, I'm. I don't think. Yeah, he stopped smoking cigarettes. Right. I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah, and I'm not disparaging, uh, you know, marijuana consumption at all. I don't know what the uh, the verdict is health wise on that. Other than I think there were some studies that said that there was a high level of tar as well in uh, herbal smoking but but yeah he he definitely did uh, stop with the cigarettes uh, but i think that in a way kind of got replaced by right. uh, good old thc so yeah but but still i mean i don't know if you saw on on the uh, on the twitter or on the gram if you will the instagram Is that what the uh, kids kevin's call it? lost so far since the heart attack 51 Pounds. and he was already that is just he was insane a, he was already svelter than he was earlier yeah yeah i think i think uh what was it he said he like currently he is he is at his lowest weight since high school maybe and uh i guess it i you know i'm just amazed uh, in the difference and not necessarily in the speed because i know certain things are achievable I'm not trying to toot my own horn but i think since around the same time, March of this year, I've lost over 30 pounds. Uh, wow. And that's just been by avoiding things like sugar and attempting to do quantity control. Oh, also, there was the five days in San Diego where I hardly ate and I was sweating my balls off. That right. really helped. Yeah. I think having idle time uh, leads to uh, things like smoking and eating. Uh, like, it used to be on a film set, like everybody who wasn't like hauling around a cable uh or you know moving a light was just off to the side smoking 
And then now you wow. go to a set and nobody smokes. It's crazy. So Tyson, uh, he gave up four years ago this month. And then Darren said that smoking is down to 14% in adults. The peak was in the mid-70s at 40%. I don't know if that's nationwide or worldwide, but uh, I, I know that they're aggressively, the cigarette companies are aggressively marketing overseas. Uh, and then Josh, he smoked for 10 years, and then he switched to vaping and then quit vaping two to three months ago. And he's doing his first marathon September 30th. Wow. Wow. That's uh, Well, that, that certainly is an current. argument against, uh, not in, pardon me, in favor of improving lung capacity between the two. Right. Yeah. And if, if vaping is what helped you quit smoking, then I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, speaking of which, do you ever run, Marty? Because I, I spent a lot of 2012 to about 2014 running a lot, like, you know, progressively getting better. And then... I finally got past a foot injury and like last week, I haven't this week because I just can't seem to wake up in the morning, but like, uh, every other day before work, I was running a 5k, which isn't necessarily the way to get back into running, but I was just trying to have some type of, of metric in order to see improvement. And, and I figured, well, I used to do it. So, and, and I'm shocked at how quickly I was able to pick it back up. So I'm just wondering, do you do any kind of running? Uh, yeah, I, I run every morning. Um, I have for the past 20 years, um, uh, or more than that probably, but yeah, every morning I run and cause you know, I have, I've always had dogs. And so as long as I've had dogs, I, it's an excuse to, or it, it forces me to take them out and they're, they're very active. Um, one is getting older right now, so she's slowing down. So I have to run a little bit less. So, or it's an excuse for me to run a little bit less, but yeah, I run every morning, uh, few i don't know a couple miles and then on the weekends i run i do longer now living in the greater los angeles area i'm assuming um what what uh what are you street running or you take are you in an area where you can take advantage of some of those uh wonderful uh canyons or trail trails that seem to be like littered all over the place yeah i used to live in hollywood and i would go running up in the hollywood hills like there's a, a douchey place called uh what's it called Runyon, Runyon Canyon, yeah. yeah. And so before it became really um, like a, a scene where people would do yoga outside and all that stuff, I would just, I would literally go out my back door, wouldn't go on the streets and just go through the hills with my dog. And and then, you know, it was it was great. It was it was amazing. There was no one around. And uh, and then I moved from Hollywood. And now where I live right now, I have a a, a hill around the back. And so I, I do that. Um, so it's very hilly. I, I like running hills and um, it's, it's, there are no roads there, but then if I want to do a longer run, then I, then I can hit the road. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm not too much into the incline when I run, especially the little route I have kind of takes advantage of the, we have a lot of trails and, and greenways around here. So I go, I, my warm up is walking to the, the trail by my neighborhood. And then I, enjoy a nice run through a green belt and then I kind of cut off to the side, go down one set of uh, sidewalks to another uh, trail. Don't know the name of it, but the thing that I realized in the last run is the moment I, I hit that final point, uh, I, I the reason why my runs always seem to be okay to that point is because there's a slight decline. Ah. And on the last return, I'm like, wow, that is quite the uh, incline I'm now hitting. Right. And right. I, I just don't dig it. <laughs> Welcome to Trot Talk, where yeah, Will and man. I talk 
about middle-aged men slightly overweight running um well you know what though i think i think the more that some people talk about these things you can have a positive effect in kind of spreading the the word and, and helping other people maybe to achieve some goals they thought were unattainable like everybody's got a smartphone and it seems like there's always at least one free version of an app that's like you know, the, it's infamously called couch to 2k and ah. it's great because if you want to get into running but you don't want to to wear yourself out you can you do one of these programs and it it you know it, you can run your own music with it and then it'll just tell you times that you need to run and times that you need to walk uh, uh so you know it helps you kind of build up the stamina for running and honestly that's how i got started and i'm so glad i did because uh, I don't. I don't think I could have achieved the results I was looking for any other way. Right. Right. So you know, it's a, it's whatever it takes to get you there. But I think it's so important to, uh, like, I was reading this profile of this artist. Uh, he's like ninety one, and he like swims every day, and like used to do hundred pull ups and hundred push ups, and and it it's just like I think being that active helps you stay active when you're older and you know my in-laws are not very active and their bodies are fall failing them and i i think it's it's a, a good key to to happiness which we'll get into later but also um i find it's a great place way to to see the the places you go so even if i'm not with the dogs just out of habit i always run every day so i was out in the desert last weekend and well, I was a little too hungover to do a, a ton of running, but I did a, a like, you know, four mile hike and ended up just like on a random mountain looking down on the desert. And it was really, really fun, uh, painful. And I forgot to bring water. So that was a problem. But um, or I used to go to trade show. I used to work at trade shows in, and go to Vegas. And like, if you want to see a place just run around like especially in vegas it's like going behind the walls at disneyland and seeing like just a couple blocks off the strip are all these like youth hostels where all these europeans are staying and then pawn shops and then homeless people mm -hmm. and it's just just behind the curtain and you would never see it because when you're driving you're always on the big roads but if you're running you see every back alley and every every nook and cranny and it's a it's a really great way to see any place you visit even if it's uh yeah like going to tokyo is a great place way to see this city or anywhere you go it's a it's a way to to uh see it other than being in your car or you know or going to see the the main sites mm -hmm. uh, yeah. yeah definitely like even me it gave me some insight kind of into the areas just immediately around my house it's like oh wow if you get you know, like a mile and a half away from my house in this one particular development, it looks like they've got these ridiculous little McMansions crammed into regular neighborhoods. And like, I never would have paid attention to realizing there are these massive homes <laughs> along the, the back part area because I'm running or I would have never noticed that there is an upholsterer that's actually right around the corner from my house doing business from home. Right. And you don't have to run to do that. It's it's walking will do that too, and that's a great way to exercise. It's a great way to start. Um, There's some great apps, and uh, Josh is pointing out that Strava has a is a has, is a great app to have. Um, Google has their fitness app. That's what I've been using. Well, now. you know, Strava used to be. It wasn't one I ever. I, I tried using it back when I wore Google Glass uh, mm. because that was one of the few running programs that integrated with it. Um, but my default uh, for the longest time, only because right now it has the most historical data, 
is uh, is Runkeeper. I've been using that uh, one. Yeah, I for me the most important app is my podcast app because <laughs> that's what keeps me going. Um, so we've talked in the past. Uh, I don't know if you've listened well, but we've talked about the Gross National Happiness Index. Have you heard of this? Oh, only only what I've heard on Nooner. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah. So it was created uh, by the government of Bhutan. And I know nothing about Bhutan. Do you, do you, are you familiar with Bhutan? Um, that's one of the things that the cheerleaders wave uh, uh, or spin around yeah, in the, like the, pet band or something. Yes, the color guard. Um, right. No, it's a country in South Southeast Asia. I think part of it is in the Himalayas, Himalayas, uh, and it's landlocked. So it's a very poor state, but they are also incredibly peaceful and have a lot of um, sort of uh, freedom there. And I'm guessing in, they don't have the internet. Uh, I probably, and that's the reason why. That's why they're so <laughs> fucking happy. Yes. Because they, <laughs> they run without an app. I don't know how they do it, but they do it. Uh, mm -hmm. Now, maybe it was an excuse to why his country was so poor, but in 72, the king of Bhutan said that the gross national happiness of his country was more important than the gross national product. Eh, a bit of a cop-out, Maybe. Uh, but if you're being charitable, maybe it's a good thing. Uh, but it's for me, it could be like saying this, you know, you're running a country and everybody's experiencing famine and, you're, and you say to them, at least you're not fat. Obesity, that's the real killer. But uh, they are, in fact, a very happy country, the Bhutanese. Um, and years later, in 2008, Bhutan claimed that their national goal was nationwide happiness. And the four pillars of the GNH, the Gross National um, Happiness uh, Index, is sustainable and equitable socioeconomic development, environmental conservation, preservation and promotion of culture, and good governance. So I just want to go through these four things, these four pillars, and see how uh, the U.S. fares against these these. Uh, pillars. So sustainable and equitable socioeconomic development. Okay. So the Economic Policy Institute did a survey of the top 350 country companies in this country. And in 1965, CEOs of this company made an average of 20 times what the lowest median pay was for an employee. So in 65, a janitor was maybe making, what, 5,000 bucks uh, as a salary. And um, which is like uh, around 30 something thousand dollars. The CEO making 20 times that would make a hundred thousand dollars and which is a, a lot of money now. Um, but it's 20 times what the lowest paid person was in 89, 1989, that ratio is 89 to one. So it's been growing and growing. And right now the ratio of CEO pay to the lowest median worker. Do you have a guess? Well, no, 312 to one. So, Whoa. so if you're a janitor working at a company now in 2018, making 30,000 a year, your CEO is probably making $10 million. If, if you're in the, the, these the 350 top companies, that's, um, I would say is the exact opposite of equitable, equitable socioeconomic development. So, just a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. So no, we're we're not doing well there. And and you know, these companies they justify it. They're like, "Oh, we have to get the best people. We have to pay them what the I I don't know. I don't know what it is, but uh, the rich get richer." Uh pillar 2, 
environmental conservation. Do we even need to talk about this? Like the head of the EPA. Not, not, not right now. No. Andrew no. Wheeler is a coal lobbyist, a former coal lobbyist, and he's hell-bent on removing all environmental regula- regulations. He Last week, he proposed a rollback of uh, President Obama's clean power plan, which would have forced coal plants to take on, to be cleaner, to run cleaner. And regardless of that, coal plants are closing because they're just not cost-effective. They're, they're competing against these natural gas things, and there's all these sustainable uh, power. But for whatever reason, this administration is hell-bent on keeping coal alive. And I, I don't see why that's, that, how that benefits anybody except for one, you know, with a few coal companies left. Uh, and so this rollback, supposedly... Well, well I'm, I mean, Marty, I, I don't mean to, to cut you off, mm-hmm. but I mean, the realistic reason why is because that's part of the reason that... Um, the president of the United States got elected. He was yeah. able to charge up an electorate that was down and out because environmental laws were limiting and inhibiting their business. And by trying to resuscitate coal, he gave them something to uh, stand behind him for. Sure. Yeah. And with an investment of a few million in donations, they would make, you know, reap up ton, tens and hundreds of millions in return. Uh, mm-hmm. So, no, I, I get that part. Um, so th- this rollback puts is they're saying that like states should have the right to decide how coal plants pollute. Um, meanwhile, at the same time, Trump is trying to eliminate states rights to regulate car emissions because California has stricter car uh, emissions um, restrictions than other states. So if you are buying a car, they'll say, okay, California has this type of car and then the rest of the country has another type of car. A lot of times they're the same, but, but they just have to equal, have to meet California regulations. Um, so if you're burning coal, it's a state's rights issue. But if you're burning gasoline, eh, the feds, they got this. So I, I, it's just, there's so much hypocrisy. I, I don't even know where to start. And then Trump has cut 2,000 jobs in the National Park Service, and he's reverted millions of acres of government land into land that's open for mining and uh, oil extraction. So we are failing terribly on the environmental conservation pillar of happiness. Um, mm-hmm. Third pillar, preservation and promotion of culture. Now, on this front, it depends which side you're on. If you believe that American culture is white, and uh, shouldn't be replaced by the Jews, then Trump is killing it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, pump the hate break there, buddy. No, no, I'm just saying that's it's American culture. <laughs> you don't touch American culture. You will not replace us. Uh, American culture is a an artificial construct, okay. in my opinion. Okay. Uh, there is no... So jazz is artificial? No, I'm just saying that the uh, the everything about America is built and made around the fact that we have been traditionally a country of immigrants. So we have a very rich tapestry that spreads many different nationalities. Right. Which and I think to is try and but that's a, the Ameri- isolate that. That's American culture. Like, uh, if you believe that America is the land of opportunity and the words on the Statue of Liberty about America embracing huddled masses yearning to breathe free, and you believe that those masses should include children huddling together with their parents, 
then I mean, that to me is American culture, and we're, we are not succeeding on that front. Nope. Uh, but here's a one small ray of hope. Um, Trump wants to eliminate the NEA, the, the National Endowment of the Arts, and the National Endowment of the Humanities, but Congress funded them for one more year, and in, in fact increased funding. So that's Go figure. A, go figure. One good thing Congress did. Um, okay, and the fourth, fourth pillar of this, the, the, the Gross National Happiness Index is good governance. Okay, Donald fucking Trump is our president. He solicited Russian nationals to get him elected. He lost the popular vote by millions. He refused to disclose his tax returns. He refused to divest himself from businesses, including a hotel he owns five blocks from the White House where foreign dignitaries go out of their way to stay at so they can somehow make him even richer. And he has attacked the First Amendment repeatedly with calls to silence the free press if you looked at the Highlights magazine, you remember Highlights? You go to the dentist office and you see Highlights magazine. Are you familiar with it's like a, No, it's a, but I'll go with you on it's this. It's a kid's magazine and it's in dentist and doctor's offices and they have this thing called Goofus and Gallant where they demonstrate good behavior versus uh, of Gallant versus the bad behavior of Goofus. Like if this were the good governance version, Goofus would be looking at Trump and being like, oh shit, I thought I was a dick. That guy's a total dick. <laughs> yeah. Oh my dude, it, it don't it, so you're you're hitting on one topic, but you're making me want to talk about one other one so bad right now. Because if you want to talk about like let's talk about preservation of culture, okay? Okay, we'll come back to happiness. Go ahead. Whether whether warmongering uh or or the military or what have uh, whether you view that as a utility of the government or you view it as part of our tapestry or our history, there's a certain precedent that's been set for when a, a senator passes and somebody as prolific as, as John McCain. And I think the thing that kills me the most and, and the thing, and this is like one of those areas where I'm very comfortable saying that it just shows how ill qualified for the job Trump is. The whole thing about getting the flags put at half-staff out of respect for the passing of John McCain should have been a no-brainer. This should have just been something. But because what, of pettiness you want and to tell personal issues... Yeah, just not, every, not everybody uh, might have follow, followed the news, but do you want to tell people what, ha what happened? Well, I mean, the very long story short is John McCain passed. And I'm not sure if everyone is aware of this man's history, but not only did he have two presidential bids, not only did he serve in the Senate for a number of years, but this is also a guy who was bombing Hanoi at a time we were at war. And uh, he had to eject from his plane and landed smack dab in the middle of the area he was uh, he was bombing. And broke, and broke several bones. He broke several bones in the process, not to mention he was attacked upon uh, his capture. Uh, he, and, you know, there's no other way to put it. Guys, he was stabbed in the groin, all right, which I just read as stabbed in the balls. And then he spent a week in a, in a jail cell basically suffering until getting minor treatment. And then he would still be abused and be put in a cell uh, for self-healing. There was a point the other prisoners thought he was gone. And because of his, uh, who his father was, uh, he was basically given a pass to, uh, to be released. But according to the code of conduct in the military, uh, prisoners, uh, are to be released in the order of capture. Right. And this is a guy 
And mind you, I'm no fan of John McCain. Okay. Yeah. I, I at least appreciated the roadblocks that he did put up recently, but I've not, you know, whatever. But I respect somebody that adheres to values and integrity and, and the rule of law. And this is a guy who he could have walked out and instead he said, no, I can't leave because these other guys need to go before me for which he then suffered an additional, let's just say four years. He was in and there we're for talking a total about of five and a half and everything years. Else. So, you know, you may know about the recent history of John McCain, but this is a, a dignified member of our military who, who held true to his beliefs. And, uh, and then he, he regrettably passed due to brain cancer. And the standing uh, precedent that has been in place in Washington at the loss of a senator or a notable, a person of, of worthy and note, the flags are put at half staff until they are laid to rest. And in this case, the flag was at half staff from Saturday when it was announced until probably about the time Trump got back to the White House. Then it raised back up. This is and just then at the White House, by the way. It's just, was that? just at the White House. El Certain, else, well, elsewhere I, in D.C., like, you know, at the Capitol building, it, it was still at half mast. And from the appropriate shot, you could actually see the flags around the Washington Monument at half staff and this uh, and the White House flag at full staff. Mind you, this is the same guy who puts forth the rhetoric that by uh, kneeling during the national anthem, you're disrespecting the flag and you're disrespecting uh veteran so a uh, bit of a double-edged sword there uh to kind of play with i uh i i just i the pettiness of it though uh and and eventually uh he sitting through shamed. two press conferences where he's constantly being asked yeah do you have a comment on john mccain he was asked, asked finally six times and it wasn't until the sixth time that he made a comment yeah and so uh, finally near the end of the day uh, the presidential proclamation did go out that flags would be held at half staff until uh, he was laid to rest. But this this should have been a no brainer. And and the only thing I hope, uh, the only thing I hope in this case is that this might open some people's eyes to the true individual that is in the White House and make them realize this isn't about veterans and respect. It's about the petty whims of a man child that we have elected and, and placed in charge of supposedly the greatest nation in the world. Well, the, the cynical way to look at it is, is how I kind of felt is that like, I was like, Oh my God, this weekend, it's like, I've gone like 24 hours without hearing the president's name. And then the way he gets back into the headlines is to not, is to totally disrespect this, uh, you know, American hero love him or hate him he you can't deny like his his commitment to the country uh and it's to me it was like a cynical play or just like just a shameless play to get back in the headlines but um and so yes he's part of the the problem of of bad governance in this country 
Yeah, but getting back to happiness. But getting back to happiness, <laughs> this elusive thing that that we uh, that we don't um, have any grasp on. There are also, in addition to the the four pillars that governments are supposed to do, there are also cultural and psychological elements that we can uh, encapsulate in for our own happiness. I'll just go through this very quickly. Uh, psychological well-being. We have weekly mass shootings. Logan Paul is a cultural icon. People go to restaurants. We fail on psychological well-being. Health. There are 7,500 Dunkin' Donuts in this country. Uh, the Cheesecake Factory has the Pasta Napolitano, which has over 2,300 calories. Uh, we don't have enough apps out there, running apps. <laughs> we are not healthy. <laughs> no. uh, unless you're Josh and when you quit smoking and you're running a marathon. Um, yes, we, the rest of us are, uh, could be healthier. Uh, the third thing is time use. Um, I'm going to say my own personal thing is I, uh, you know, YouTube now has a thing where it will, sh it will share how much you've watched. And apparently I, I, because I have my screen just always streaming, whatever, just to, as noise, I apparently watch 40 hours a week of, um, hmm. yeah. And so that's not great. That's not a good number. I'm not proud of that. And it, even though it's, you know, that's the number of hours I work, I guess. And I spend three hours in the car when I commute to work. And so I do not have a good use of my time. But you, you, you use your time well. You, you are, you work at home, right? I do work at home. I, uh, I have, I have found that, and, and you know, in case people aren't aware, I basically kind of maintain two different professions. So I'm working a bit more than the typical person. But probably, actually, that's not true when you look at the national average. You know, I actually probably have one less job than other people. Oh, that's right, right. Um, uh, just a reminder, but, uh, for those listening to Nooner, th this is Will Wilkins. He's he's the the uh, the brains behind the uh, the Smodco Empire, right? The technical, just the technical side, technical just the technical genius. side. Yeah. Um. So when when things don't work, I'm the one that gets blamed. When they do work, nobody thinks about it. So you know, it's a but it's a wonderful position to be in. Um. So I, I try to use my time wisely, but and one thing that I have noticed is that uh, my television viewing has been greatly reduced because I do kind of have to put a premium on the time that I'm spending uh, with my children is mindlessly watching a glowing box. But like you, I do have like a second monitor constantly running something familiar for me to ignore so I have background noise. But I do try and use my time as wisely as possible. But I think also, given that, I'm sure I'm like a lot of people too, where when you do have downtime, it's real downtime because you just need I, time to decompress. Right. I guess it's when you take that time, what do you do with it? You know, In the few hours that you have to yourself, how, what do you do? I guess the only good thing I do is I, I run and, yeah. 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 I think for me, it's running and reading, just running and reading. I've tried, even though I don't really hold a physical book anymore, I have been taking advantage of, of digital books a lot more. Um, not the kind they read to you, you know, like, uh, like, uh, the Amazon app on my iPad, for example. Mm -hmm. And, and so I do try and read more because, uh, my dad always viewed reading as important. And I, I can definitely say that regardless of what it is I'm reading, well, except for the news, uh, it, but if I'm reading some type of story, some type of fiction, or, or even if I'm reading some type of, of biography or something, I feel smarter when I do that. And it's probably because we're exercising the brain. Um, and like I said, the only exception to that is like reading the news because it's just, I find that I can't do that 
as often as I used to because it becomes a, a an assurance cycle that I'm looking for. I'm looking for assurance that things are going to get better. So I, if there's some type of news that I want to oh, find see, some right. more supporting news and when there's not supporting news, I feel like there's an emptiness inside me and it just, it feeds a nasty cycle that I need to stay away from. No, so. I'm, I'm part of that. I'm, I'm deep in that cycle. Uh, also reading forces you to shut down certain distractions and it, it's a, a meditative act and I'm very bad at that. Um, I kind of have to sit down and I not do anything but read for until I finish that book. So it's, it's hard. I have a hard time picking up, stopping, picking up and stopping. Um, okay. Next uh, thing that we can do to achieve happiness uh, is education. Over half of Americans believe that astrology is science. Half don't believe in evolution at all. We're idiots. Uh, so, no, I'm going to say that we, we, we could do better in the education department. Cultural diversity and resilience, we've sort of gone over that. Uh, we, we, we are an incredibly diverse country compared to a place like Bhutan or other happy places like Finland or Denmark. You know, the, they're much more homogenous than, than us. So I think that that is an asset of ours that we have to sort of overcome, you know, uh, in terms of um, embracing diversity. Uh, community vitality. I don't even know what that is. What's a community? Hey, Will, what's a community? Nowadays? Um, I know what a community is. I don't is. know. We, I mean, we like, are you know, I live within a community, but how many times do I see people in the community? Like, for me right now, I would define my community as the kind of the parents my kids interact with that's my community it's uh, not necessarily my my fellow uh city members or my neighborhood of people yeah you know i i really almost feel in a way we're so isolated that we have to construct our own mini communities but it's supposedly a like a a gathering of people that that you know like all talk and 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 do things together at least i think that's what it is i'm not sure yeah well i think that uh what we have here is a little community you know I think that this this um, Smodco community gives me uh, warmth and and you know something that approaches happiness. So that that counts. So that's a good thing. Okay, uh, I'll take that. Yeah. Um, okay. Ecological diversity and resilience. We're failing on that. Living standards. You walk through any dense neighborhood in Los Angeles, there are tents everywhere just on the sidewalk there are tents and really oh my god it's it's uh, uh, because there's no housing so they had to change the laws to say that until we provide enough housing for homeless people uh, they can set up tents on sidewalks as long as they don't impede um, the flow of foot traffic so yeah on just in my neighborhood there are tons of tents in in just like Weird pockets under overpasses, they'll just be like dozens of tents. You go down downtown, there are just hundreds and hundreds of them. Uh, this on this is honestly something I was not aware of. You yeah. know, like around even in sticks where I live, we did have a few encampments, and just like you mentioned, it was kind of areas under overpasses and the like. So, so yeah, there were some of those things, but like literally, Los Angeles had to throw in the towel and say we don't have enough space. Yes, and or, or we don't have enough uh, housing, living yeah. conditions. So uh, it's okay to throw up a tent on the sidewalk. Yep, and we have like citizens living like refugees in 
this city. It's it is um, depressing. They're they're trying to do stuff for it, but it's it's a really really difficult problem. It's not a lot of money coming to um, governments uh, to to address this issue. Uh, this reminds me of a few years ago about uh, reading about the uh, the underground, literally culture in in Las Vegas because. Right. Uh, whether that. it was drugs or money, but like there were in their entire aqueduct or tunnel systems. And there are people that are that are living on self-made raised platforms in the tunnels. Right. In order to uh, survive. I mean, people that literally get out of the tunnel and then go and shower and get dressed and work in the casino. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, it's it's a bad situation. I did go to um, my my wife helped uh, design a. There, there's a a dog park for homeless people. Uh, there's or there's like a homeless um, shelter downtown, and it has like 500 units, and they have a little dog park there now. Um, you know, I'm surprised somebody hasn't like uh, taken a dilapidated part of land or something and and tried to build like tiny house communities on them. Yeah, though they, they there was an effort to do that here in LA, and it did not go over well um because I, I guess people look at those as more permanent and they don't want them in their backyard um, this homeless community was it's a converted hotel so it's 500 units and it's it's awesome it's great but it only is a drop in the bucket so uh, and that i think is something that will lead to happiness having a, a place to live is um is something that that restores dignity and gives security and that is definitely a foundation of happiness so we are we have the biggest economy economy in the world but i don't think we're that happy are you are you you're happy though right you have you have those things um that's kind of a trick question marty um (laughs) yeah i am happy but you know i'm also part of the I don't want to say the working poor because I'm I'm not necessarily paycheck to paycheck, but if anything were to happen to any part of my employment structure, it would cause it, it, over a very short period of time a lot of uh, distress. So, uh, you know, but yeah, I, like in general, I am happy. I have a, a roof over my head. I'm able to keep my family fed. Um, uh, you know, we've got adequate transportation. I've got good employment. So I have all the things that you would expect to bring happiness. And I don't build like most of my unhappiness is probably self-generated internalization, you know, kind of like, boy, I really wish I had a lot more money in the bank. So that way, if anything goes south, I'm not screwed. Right. And, and, but you know, Trump's president. So supposedly now that's supposed to help benefit me. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, in, Denmark, they have uh, a very high um, happiness index, um, and it's there are some reasons why. I mean, it's a culturally different place, but they take vacations. That's a big thing. They, they, uh, I think they have like five weeks of paid vacation there. Um, people exercise regularly. They, they ride their bikes everywhere uh, or walk. Um, they eat healthier, and they have a good work balance. So they work probably like. I don't know, like six hours less or so a week than, than Americans do. Um, mm-hmm. But like, you know, at, at the end of the workday, they're done. You know, they don't take their work home with them. And I think that's, uh, um, that's a healthy behavior. And then they, they socialize a lot. Um, 
And the other thing is that there's a, a great amount of trust. So one of the, the things that is popular there is like if your kid is uh, trying to go to sleep and you know, you're outside, you can like leave your baby carriage outside your house in the cold or whatever and just let your baby sleep. And like that's like a culturally accepted thing. Uh, mm. when, yeah. And, you know, just let the fresh air help your baby sleep. So a, a Danish woman did that here in the U.S. and she was arrested for child neglect. And that's like, that comes down to trust. And here we just do not have a lot of trust, uh, you know, we're, especially if we're worried when we go to a, like a video game competition that somebody might be packing heat next to us, that like, we shouldn't have to feel that anxiety. Marty, I, I know exactly what you're talking about because every time I go to the movies now, I am strategically sat, uh, usually near the back of the theater because I know I have a a relatively clear shot to a rear theater exit uh -huh. immediately right there. And I shouldn't have to think that way. I shouldn't have to look at and hope that the, uh, the, the external facing doors are, are sealed off, but it's, yeah, it's a realistic thing that we have to contend with now because you never know when the wrong person will have something in their mind and they're just going to want to come in and, and make a message and, or be a, a, you know, the other sad thing is like the copycat incidents as well. It's like, well, you know, look at all the attention this person got, which is kind of the argument for not releasing the person's name in the news. Let's talk about the victims. Let's talk about the event, but let's not focus on the perpetrator uh, at all. And, you know, until they're going through all the shitty shit with, uh, oh, that was a nice double cursing right there. But all the, all the cruddy stuff with, uh, you know, going through. Uh, being prosecuted at which point yeah show them in the orange jumpsuit show them uh despondent upset and uh yeah. and like and yeah. and and you know then the public can go ahead and see them so let's not glorify them let's show them when they are down and out yeah i agree and and i just you know i the whole thing of him shooting himself at the end just skip to the end you know Play it. I hate to say it, but yeah. If I that's mean, your come attention, on. play if a first you, person. If the end shooter, goal is the fact that you're so unhappy that, you know, it's like you're gonna cap yourself anyway. But I don't unfortunately I don't think psychologically that's the way it works. It's just kind of like the heat of the moment and the action they take, and then there's the realization this isn't going to end well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah. So anyhow, I, we just have so far to go as a, a culture. And, and the other thing in Denmark that they, they do is that they don't really like value materialism the, the same way we do. There's not an emphasis on car culture and, and consumption and fashion, you know, that people will have like a nice suit, you know, and that's the suit that they go out in and they just don't have a, a focus on purchasing, acquiring stuff. And, you and I like stuff. Oh man, I'm a stuff addict. I've yes. got a I got a smart uh, sprinkler system. I still haven't even installed. I I mean I I got all uh, this useless crap on the wall behind me. Did you get a ratio? Yeah, that's the name of it. Oh, yeah, I've been looking at one. It, I've been. That's one of the stuff that I want to get because I want stuff. I'm a victim of this, and if I want more stuff, then I got to work more. I got to get another job. Uh, and that's a, that's a vicious cycle that you could say, you could argue, oh, well, that promotes innovation, that promotes people from, to, to create more 
stuff <laughs> you can sell and do you, how much stuff do you need and i'm i don't know what the answer is i i try not to to get too into it but i sure got a lot of stuff uh do, do you guys yeah my problem my problem is definitely tech addiction i think i, I mean i i realistically do have a problem i think that uh amazon is not making anything any easier or uh, it's not making it more difficult to uh to avoid that you know it's like when when you when you used to have to get up and go to a store to get something or to research which store to get something from, there was at least that that impedance that deterrent. But right. now it's just like, well, do I want it two days from now? Do I want it a week from now to get a benefit on my my cupboard or whatever it is they're pushing, or do I want to get it the same day? And you know, then you're just you're 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 feeding the cycle. Not to mention the. You know, I always realize I, I'm 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 going overboard when my biggest problem on trash night is that I've got to break down too many boxes <laughs> yeah. to go into the recycling. Exactly, uh, that is a, a big <laughs> a big problem. Unless you're a, a cardboard manufacturer, you know, then life is yeah. Really great. Or or you're going to make a movie about making a maze out of cardboard. Exactly. Oh, nice, nice. Oh. Hmm? Uh, uh, Bill, if you're listening, I know you're not. Never mind. <laughs> oh, no, Bill, if I, you're listening, uh, it's the top of the hour, and you're listening to this Monco Internet Radio Network, Nooner Podcast, and I fucked it up, and there we go. Ah, there we go. I have, I didn't get to hear the chimes last time, yeah. so uh, there we I, go. I miss them. Uh, but but still, again, I know, I think it, it's definitely on an Amazon video. I can't remember where I bought it. It might have been through iTunes, iTunes. but if, if you are... Uh, Especially if you're sitting there and and you're a creative person and you're questioning your own creativity or you're 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 hitting a wall or anything else, or even if you're just like where do I fit in in the world, uh, you definitely would enjoy uh, Dave Made a Maze. So uh, yeah. just be sure to check it out if you haven't already. Not that that horse hasn't been beaten to death here already. <laughs> you can see it multiple times. You'll find little things about it that you didn't see the first time. Uh, the moment I found out it was available on digital, I bought it right away. That uh, Bill appreciates that. Um, I have a couple of emails. I guess you're, um, I'll just play it. Sure, it's 15 seconds. Here we go. We're going to dip into the mail sack. Mail sack, mail sack. I want to get my hands in that mail sack. Mail sack. Mail sack. Yeah, that was great. By the way, if you have a secret to happiness that you want to share with us, email us at noonerpodcast.gmail.com. Or if you want to tell us how to, to beat this materialistic addiction that Will and I have about digital sprinkler controllers and just whatever. Like, hey, Marty, actually, I can give you the solution right now. Don't buy shit. Right, right. That's like it, it, it's, it's the same way you quit smoking. Don't buy them. Don't bum them problem solved you're right don't smoke them don't eat too much don't gamble don't have fun Ugh. stuff is what dave castro says i um, completely agree yes uh, leo writes in uh, dear merps has there been any discussion about dan coming back as a regular or a semi-regular host after he's done with isambi and has if he chooses uh, taken a vacation to decompress I mean, it's his show. He can come back anytime he wants. Like, you know, he can just take all this stuff and go, go home. You know, take his. You his... know, 
Paul. And Marty, I don't mean this in any way against you, but um, you know, I, I really hope that the there is somewhat momentum that is uh continued on from iZombie to have him involved in in other things because uh you know I, it definitely he kind of fits in not only the mold now of being a, a producer on a show but he's directed a few episodes as well so you know i would hope that those things take him in a continue not that i wouldn't love to hear him back getting a uh being able to listen to him a few weeks ago was just uh so much fun but you know yeah really at this point nooner is marty you um well i want to i'm trying to get more people in um i'm i'm I've had some scheduling issues and I'm very very bad at asking people for for to to for help and that's that's on me. But um there's so many people that would be great on the mic so I'm trying to get more people in there in here and then uh Cassandra actually had uh was is sick today and couldn't make it in and fucking Kruger is fucking Kruger. Uh no he <coughs> he has he has a paying gig so I cannot um uh, well, you know, Marty, the thing you got to realize too, is that, uh, you know, you and I are, are now officially the only two shows that even bother with going live on oh, really? the network per se. So, oh. you know, if you, if you want to, if you want to change it, cause it's always noon somewhere. So if it would fit your schedule <laughs> better, that here. You, well, you, you know, you're able to invite more people because you're doing six o'clock on a tuesday or what have you i mean i'm sure the live listeners are pissed that i'm mentioning this but right. but realistically speaking yeah. uh you know other than the i i and i'm i actually i love the audience interaction that's why i will always have a live element plus it makes me pretend that i'm still doing late 80s early 90s radio um so I, I like that. But, you know, if it would fit your schedule better to help you get your goals, just remember, it's your show. You can dictate the rules. All right. All right. I will keep that in mind. Uh, Tuesdays, is, I, I, I really crave routine, and there's something nice about having this routine. But maybe I, I change the routine to an evening or, or uh, weekend morning. But we, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll discuss that as we go forward. Um, <laughs> Thanks for calling me out on the air, Will. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> Fuck. And Dan is always welcome. He will come back for sure. I don't know how regular it will be, but he's also incredibly busy. He's just dealing with so much stuff these days. And right now he's prepping to direct the season premiere of Isambi. So send him uh, good thoughts. Tweet at him at Dan Etheridge because uh, he's do doing so much work and... It's exhausting, and I know he loves it, but um, I'm sure he would love hearing from you guys. Dave Castro writes in, I had an interesting dream last night. The highlights are finding my long-lost golden jaguar spirit, having a telekinetic alchemic battle, and a hellhound versus ice hellhound battle. All right. That's pretty interesting. That's much more interesting than my dreams of... Just like, you know, I don't know, being at a family reunion naked and stuff like that, you know. I, the other night I dreamt I was at a Giants game and for some reason I was hanging out with my chiropractor and uh, then it wrapped up with me going to work, but the office wasn't really the office and none of the people were ones I worked with and I don't know what that means. So yeah, I think I would much rather have hellhound battles and telekinetic uh, alchemaic uh, interactions. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I love it. You should uh, turn it into a comic book and make millions, Dave. 
Um, you know, let me ask you, Marty, though, when on. it comes to dreaming, I uh, like I hate to say this, but we're getting older. So I've kind of uh, started taking melatonin. I don't I try not to take it every night, but I take it some nights and I find that I do have better dreams. Yeah. When I take melatonin yeah. and uh, and I also feel like I get I know it's a natural byproduct, but I feel like nights that I have dreamed. I have a uh, a better sleeping experience. What about you? I uh, was taking melatonin for a little bit. Uh, I've been... It depends how... Um, actually, I'm a bit of a hypocrite because I have a little vape pen next to my bed in my drawer. And if I'm having trouble sleeping, I'll just take a little hit off of it and then have crazy dreams. And But I will sleep well. And it really... And so, the, so the vape pen has melatonin in it? Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. Uh, it has mel. It's funny. I spell it differently, but um, <laughs> I spell it with three <laughs> letters, uh, and it starts with T. But I, yeah, I don't do it really recreationally. I just do it, and it helps. It really, really helps me sleep. It's a, a high CBD uh, blend. But um, oh, okay. Yeah, and so it's a, uh, it's good. And that's, no, that, but that's not hypocritical. That it that again, uh, that's you using something responsibly you know one of the messages that uh, always comes out on jay and silent bob get old as a podcast is that they're not there to preach you know saying no to drugs but you know it's really important that you handle your high and and you in that case it's like well i've got a very specific use for it i've got it in the nightstand so that way if i've been laying there for an hour and i'm frustrated and i wish i was going to sleep i can do this and now i can rest well that's that is literally the definition of medicinal, you know, but yeah. it's kind of like, well, you know, uh, uh, well, I've been hitting this vape pen probably every waking moment that I'm awake and I'm not getting things done as much as I used to. And somehow I've put on all this weight. Maybe it's from the ho-hos. I don't know. Right. And I'm not speaking from experience. I'm just talking theoretically. You know, that's a condition of somebody that is out of control. You know, uh, you haven't been employed for three years, right. but somehow right, you right. still got to. Uh, a vape pen and or, or your uh, ceramic bowl or whatever it is you you wacky kids have nowadays um you know that that is a that isn't that is a problem so you know there's that's not hypocritical at all it'd be hypocritical if you said you know well i've got this pen and then i'm also trying to ingratiate it with teenagers to get them hooked as well yeah yeah um that's that would be hypocritical but um i might be using it more because like i i do i'm a i enjoy a having a drink or two or three and there was just a study out that says no amount of alcohol is good for your overall health and basically as we get older it becomes harder for us to to metabolize alcohol uh, and it forms very bad compounds that that shorten shortens our life and so i'm thinking maybe i just need to quit drinking or i don't know that would just be such a bummer because drinking is fun. You know what you can do is you can get develop a, uh, a an alcohol allergy like I have. I don't drink because I get red, splotchy, and itchy. Oh, um, yeah. oh also, also it turns me into an asshole uh, more so than <laughs> more so. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was right there. Uh, that's I guess a good thing, good problem to have. Uh, but I sure do enjoy a good drink now and then. Um, by now and then, I mean when it's dark. Um, so yeah, I'm actually really only on days that end in Y. Yeah, exactly, and so I'm concerned about that, like this health, the health problems of it. But uh, hey, did you finally see the Avengers movie? Well, 
Fin- wait, finally see? Or do, or do, 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 I, w- I was there like, uh, oh, well, you know how opening night is always now the Thursday before, and it oh, used yeah, to yeah. be you had to go see a showing after 9 p.m., so that way it was midnight on the East Coast. But instead, no, I went to like a, a 7 o'clock showing in 3D because nobody would be sitting in the theater, not that I like 3D. Um, yeah, and I think I went with my kid too. Oh. Yeah, I went. To, I went to go see it the night before it came out. Oh, that's good. Do your kids love the the Marvel movies? No, my daughter tolerates them for oh, me. Really? It, it had uh, because that one had Chris Pratt in it and mm. uh, Chris Evans. I was okay, mm-hmm. but Chris Hemsworth, eh, take or leave, and not, eh, not so much. Uh, not a big thing for her. Like my niece is obsessed with them. Like she has like powered gem like lip gloss like you know with all the six colors and but okay so did you enjoy infinity wars infinity war oh uh, yeah i did i thoroughly enjoyed it it is uh i i thought they did a very clever way of of uh, kind of integrating all the different characters into separate stories and uh, if you haven't seen it, spoilers, Thanos wins in the end. But And I kind of like the message that that did, gave because you had these little groups each going their own way to fight things, but naturally the solution that, that is required is everyone needs to be working together. So, yeah. you know, going into the second film, you know it's going to be getting the band back together and getting everyone in the same place. Right, right. So, yeah, and I, I thought it... it it, it there were never any parts that felt too long for me, which is something you fear when you look at a two and a half hour movie. And I think the only thing that I would have I would have changed, which you know, who the hell am I? It, there may have been a little more intercutting of other groups, but uh, that's just to kind of remind us because at the point we've gotten to in the story where Thanos's next trip is going to be to Titan. Um, at that point, it's like you kind of then we go into Spider Man and. Iron Man and Doctor Strange crashing on that planet, and it's like, uh, whoa, holy crap! I forgot those guys were out there in space. Right. Well, it's a <laughs> lot of stuff to juggle, and it's kind of amazing if you think about like the the box office power that was in that movie. Just like so many people, movie stars were in that. It's it's a lot to juggle, and I, I to me, it, it's like a lot of fights, and yet they made it really interesting. You know. As opposed to like Justice League, where I didn't give a shit about anybody, uh, I just found it. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a good watch, and like that that fight on Titan is that what it was called? Titan, uh, it was yeah. great. It was it, it's pretty amazing. And then then the stuff in Wakanda is really cool. Do you okay? There's a little spoiler alert here. Um, there was a photo that circulated yesterday of Robert Downey Jr. on the set of Avengers Four. And uh, if you don't want to hear this, turn off for the next 30 seconds. But it's not like it, it's just all speculation. But uh, the background, they think, is uh, the the place, the interior of Wakanda. Yeah, it's it's, it's supposedly uh, Shuri's lab, which is it's not that much of a leap because they even show a frame store where she is uh, tending to vision. And you see the exact same markings on the wall behind her, mm-hmm. um, you know, but one, you got to remember, we don't know where these, uh, their EPK electronic press kit. We don't know where these bits were shot. He could have been there. It may have been a texture that they put a green screen on a green screen behind him, but you know, like realistically speaking, we're going to need a few things in order for these guys to do their jobs. We're going to need advanced tech. 
and and obviously we're gonna need uh iron man getting back to where captain america is and and captain america is in wakanda or more to the point on earth so i don't think this is any big shock to anyone you know uh, not to mention and I think this is going to be kind of the hardest part to deal with is, you know, we're going to be coming back to a planet where half of the population is gone. We're going to be coming to a, a partially decimated earth. Right. And that in itself is going to have some impact. But the thing that I love too, about the original movie is that they, i never realized it until watching it at home, but they, they gave us a security blanket uh, beforehand because Doctor Strange has this whole bit that he saw 14,506,000 alternate futures, and we only win in one of them. And uh, and then, you know, before he fades away, he says, you know, there was, there was no other way. So they kind of let us know, hey, you know what? Yeah, this is kind of a bummer ending, but, you no, know, but that was the we're key. on the path. Yeah, I mean, he deliberately gave Thanos the, the time uh, gem. And I, because of that, I believe that was part of the, the one path to, to success. Uh, w would you, don't you think, I mean, cause he gives it up pretty easily, you know, even though it's a big fight. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, at the, at the point in the story where he does, yes. And, and, you know, people were like, originally they were saying, well, did he do that? And it's true. Um, we knew Unfortunately, uh, I have a slightly analytic mind. So when you're watching the movie, you know, there's a point where Dr. Strange makes it a point to Tony, you know, we're going here, but just so you know, the kid, you, anyone, I'm not doing squat for you. If it means risking the time stone. Uh, and, uh, so it's like, okay. So then when he does that, you know, that either it's because, uh, that's what happens in the future he saw, or it's right. important to keep Tony Stark alive. It's one of those things. So, uh, you know, him handing it over was just uh, one. It was an eventuality in writing because of the way they broadcast it early on. You know, just like anyway, like in Guardians of the Galaxy Two, where they tell Yondo, you know, the day you die, there's not going to be the colors, you know, flown or whatever. And then it's like at that point, you know, well, Yondo, nice knowing you. Right. Uh, yeah. So what do you, how do you, do you have a theory of what they're going to do to, in Avengers 4 to make things right? I, I, I literally have absolutely no idea whatsoever. I have no clue and I'm, I'm okay with that because the only thing that I predict that will happen by the end of the movie, because of the way you see, uh, it affected Thanos, who is apparently this great and strong being. We only saw one character who seemed to have the fortitude to attempt to hold his own against him, and that was Captain America in holding uh, Thanos' hand and gauntlet at bay. You know, even right. the Hulk got some licks in, but uh, when it came down to it, uh, I think either Thor or Captain America will be donning the glove to undo what was done. And when they do that, they will be sacrificing their own life. So we're oh, either going right. to lose Hem Hemsworth or Evans in the next one. All that's right. the only thing that eventually I think will happen. I think and that's the only item I can predict. But will his hand, his little hand is so much smaller than Thanos's. How will it fit? Well, uh, you know, uh, in, in uh, full disclosure and in the discussing of the wonderful stuff uh, that we did before, I I'm waiting for my uh, cheap knockoff 
uh, Infinity Glove to arrive from uh, China. Stuff. Uh, and and I can show you how a, a, a not at quite big hand will fit into a really big glove. <laughs> okay. All right. So you will yeah, demonstrate. It, it'll, it'll just it'll it'll just fit in you know he'll be able to wear it and and you know it'll be clunky it'll be like putting on dad's shoes but you know so it'll it'll still happen it was i mean it looked like it was destroyed at the end but it wasn't though it just beat up well i mean it looked like it was damaged but if you remember thanos was able to still use uh, whatever elements he did you know the the i say the nerds but i'm watching the videos too you know there's kind of some Nerd. some coloring activity that goes on when he when he when he goes to get himself out of there after thor is uh for lack of a better term hammered him um or axed him and you know the the there's like greenish that's happening around that so maybe that was the time stone bringing the wound uh back in time to where it didn't exist and he's able to use the space stone to get himself out of Earth and Thor's proximity. So the glove did still work. It just obviously what was asked of it. This was, you know, quite it, it was like it was like uh, holding down the gas on a Corvette for way too long. Right. Right. It can be repaired. Yeah, exactly. Well, we already know that there is a uh, there's a space dwarf that's bigger than everybody uh, that has a mold for another gauntlet, too, if you want to get nerdy. I mean, if you can make a glove once, somebody can make a glove again. Right. Then you just need the stones. Right. You got the stones. But, you know, there's there's been speculation on the Internet based on some uh, spoilers, some uh, photo set photos that like they see Captain America uh, more in the uniform and in the setting of the Battle of New York from the first movie and Ant-Man is there and Tony Stark is there and they're wearing some type of devices on their hands. So there's predictions that time travel comes into it. Well, and has to what we've in heard in, And what we heard in Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, when Steve Lang at the after credit scene, if you haven't seen it, he's stranded in the quantum realm because that's where he is when the snap happens. Oh. And one of the things he's told right before then is to watch out for any time distortions because then you could wind up anywhere. So, you know, obviously, uh, well, not obviously, but I think the quantum realm is somehow going to play into the solution. And there's the entire mystery of of how Captain Marvel will work into this equation. We haven't met her yet. Right. And, and her but, movie's not coming out until March of next year. So, and, you know, it, then, it, everything, everything right now is just speculation. We got to see what happens. Avengers really, 4 before. comes out in May, right? So, hmm? be, uh, yeah. So it'll be a few months before. But we know that she's a critical part because of the, the business card Nick Fury has or whatever. No, no. The, the, it was the a pager. Device. Pager, yeah. right pager come on nick it was an intergalactic pager oh, right. I, I used to have almost that same model with all of the extra gadgets back in the day and i know big shock uh <laughs> but uh, that's kind of interesting that uh he would do that i guess it's kind of like well things are really obviously going to hell and this is the the hail mary play to uh to bring this individual back but i'm just looking forward to that as well because we kind of get to see colson back in the marvel cinematic universe oh, yeah. instead of agents of shield where he's been sidelined to since the first avengers you know clark gregg wrote what lies beneath the um the harrison ford uh, michelle pfeiffer like ghost story isn't that crazy? I did know that because i'm a nerd who reads up on people after you learn about them. yeah <laughs> canadian 
if you guys could see what I see right now, I'm looking at uh, Will's studio, which has Marvel memorabilia everywhere. There's a little stuffed Deadpool. There's uh, Iron Man and Spider man poking their heads through the wall uh, there's a yep. captain and america show over here uh, off camera that you really can't see that is a, uh, a a painting my daughter did of captain america shield one day oh really that's awesome I, by the way i like i that's what i like the best out of that is that yeah it's actually here let me i'll, I'll pan it for you but not everyone else it's kind of, at least that should be panning it and uh i, then I, it, I uh, get it i get it yeah i love that see, it's so off it's, center and, and it's like the half shield so that's great that's one of my favorite things in the whole uh, office, to be honest, because my kid made it for me. Aww. Um, well, tell her that I liked it before I knew that she painted it. So, Oh, there you go. Uh, yeah, it's got the... She had to fun, had some fun with the paint splattering, too. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, I got a bunch of knickknacks. But, yeah, I've always been a Marvel kid. I wasn't that much of a DC person. Yeah, I liked Batman, and I do have... I had a few runs. I kind of was into green lantern for a brief period and i kind of followed the entire uh fall of batman saga before uh bane broke his back i think that was called nightfall and it was something that kind of almost got overshadowed and forgotten during the whole death of superman uh run in the comics but i've always been a marvel guy i uh probably because originally i saw spider-man in the electric company and oh, then right. in my youth, his costume uh, had changed, and that kind of lured me in for a large number of years. Um, so I've always been more of an MCU guy. So, uh, you know, the fact that these movies continue to kind of hit it out of the park for me is is just a, a level of enjoyment I can never truly convey. Yeah, it's uh, it it's also really well done, really really well written. Um, have you been? Uh, Josh wants to know if you you saw the uh, the Russo brothers' uh, tributes to Arrested Development. Um. <laughs> I I have never I've never seen them in the theater uh, unless I've gone back on a repeat viewing. The only thing I've noticed is as a because you know it's a Marvel film, so you naturally stay for the credits. And I would always see like Arrested Development character or Arrested Development something such and such used with permission from Fox. Oh, that's and funny. so yeah, I never saw I never saw the uh, the stair uh, truck in the first one. Oh, I didn't see that. And I never saw. You never uh, saw Tobias. T Tobias in in the second one, the, and I wish I had. Yeah, I, you can see it in screen grabs on Reddit, or you can probably go to our uh, Tumblr. That's nunapodcast.com, and I'll bet it will be there. Uh, do you have time for one more story? Yeah, sure, man. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, so this just came in on, on the wire. Uh, so Alex Jones is a conspiracy theorist and uh, <laughs> InfoWars guy. And he's also very uh, transphobic. Um, or, you know, he's been very outspoken against uh, all sorts of uh, stuff like that. But he was just showing... Um, there was a, a... Let's see here. He was on camera with his uh, phone in his hand, with his web browser uh, in his hand, and it was displaying transgender pornography. It's a naughty tea babe, Marissa Minx, who's an Australian transgender actress. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, wow, he's, um, that's, that's interesting. It's the people who are loudest against, uh, it, well, people are crazy. People are, are uh, have 
weird lives. I don't know what to think of that. What do you think? Of well, that? you know, that, you know, the thing is we, we continuously see this type of thing. If you've got a person that is uh, speaking out against uh, the trans community, or if they're speaking out uh, about the gay community or everything else, it seems like their browser history one way or another always it reveals the other way. You know, we had either the a Senator Congressman or governor that, uh, accidentally tweeted out uh, something that also showed a tab with with pornography on right, it. You know what I right. mean? And so you'll always you'll always get caught, and you got to be careful about the things you talk out about the most because sometimes your commentary actually is coming from your own internal items, if you will. So uh, I'm not surprised, but you know, at the same time, you got to question. Is he doing certain things to remain relevant considering he has been, or at least a, a large portion of his library has been removed from many different publishing platforms? I think uh, YouTube and uh, like TuneIn, maybe, uh, what's another one? Uh, uh, the iTunes uh, distribution. I don't know if Google Play has gotten in on it, but a lot of his shows have been removed for for hate speech or hateful content. So, right. you know, specifically it, it accidentally or? against Muslims, immigrants, transgender uh, populations. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So he was banned from Apple. He was banned from YouTube uh, and Spotify, Facebook, and then he was recently he. Twitter got a lot of heat because they, they wouldn't boot him. Um, but then they, he was suspended for something he did. But um, do you think that is bad that they banned him? Like, you know, is, is he just... No. Is he, is he spewing, no. like, conspiracy theories, or is he just fomenting violence? Is, Look, like, you can't say fire in thing. a crowded theater. Like, that is if the restriction going, on, on yeah. free speech. If you're going out through a major distribution channel, there is a burden or, or some liability through the distribution channel for putting out that material. If, uh, you know, if, if one of his rants led to people, uh, you know, uh, taking protective action and electrifying people that were trying to turn frogs gay, for example, right. that would be a negative action and there could be some liability involved. Uh, and when you are producing hate speech and you look in the, like one of the recent actions as he had to counter sue the families from Sandy Hook that are suing him for basically destroying their lives because Alex Jones listeners were in turn harassing to the point where they had to lead lives of isolationism. Uh, so not only has their, have their children been tragically shot and lost forever, but you know, now they're also being harassed by the minions of this person. So, you know, there is a certain liability not to mention. There is nothing, absolutely nothing, stopping Alex Jones from just setting up his own distribution channel right. and being able to put out the information he wants the way he wants it. Because the internet, guess what, is still kind of free. I could do the exact same thing. If I wanted to start something that wasn't related to Smodco in any way, shape, or form, uh, I could set it up on my own distribution channel. Sure, I may not get the amount of traffic, but if I have the appropriate number or the appropriate way to communicate to my listeners or viewers, I can still send them through that channel. So, you know, we live in a digital age where the only thing that's being lost are the benefits of these massive distribution channels. Well, uh, I think that if anyone is spreading hate or, or lies, uh, like the moment uh, somebody went into a pizzeria and started firing a gun uh, based on information they may have picked up from his show, that should have been the moment for concern. And I think now we're just to a tipping point where you've got 
so much negative activity happening that that people just are not uh, they're not they're not tolerating this kind of crap anymore, and that's why we're seeing these windfalls happen. The problem there is, and and these are by the way, these are corporations. They're not you. They're not governments. They they don't have to adhere to the First Amendment. Like they get to con- right. They have the right to refuse service, but the problem is that Mark Zuckerberg is promoting Facebook as this sort of uh, technological behemoth. Like you know, we just set up a bunch of rules, and we're not. We're not a news organization. We just provide a platform. And if you don't abide by those rules, then, you know, sorry. But, like, if you're going to boot off Alex Jones, then you have to boot off everybody's racist uncle, you know, who's, who's like, posting... Uh. Well, but see, once you... It, I guess that all depends on what the racist uncle does, you know, to what degree. Because in the end, that's what it all boils down to. It all boils down to liability. Uh, is somebody doing something that I can well, be liable for? I, I guess so. Yeah. But then they become, then they're editorializing. And that be, suddenly you don't have that, oh, we're just, we just ha- are, are a platform with rules and we're, we're now making editorial decisions. So back, uh, you know, they have... Um, these sort of the, a code that you have to adhere, adhere to when you post photos. They had a whole thing about breastfeeding, protests about that. Like you know, what's what the fuck is wrong with breastfeeding? And for whatever reason, they they took them down. Then you could put them back up, but then you could only you know you can't have more than one nipple. Or I don't know all the rules, but they change constantly. And they had one of like you know no blood, no guts. You know you can have. If you show somebody with blood, that's fine, but no guts and no, you know, no insides. On so if you posted a photo of somebody getting eviscerated, it's because there were a lot of people showing beheadings on Facebook. Uh, and then the Boston Marathon came on, and like there was a famous photo of somebody being carried, a runner being carried away with his leg, uh, both what one leg was dangling and the other leg was completely ripped off, and there was just like flesh dangling everywhere. And it was in all the news outlets. And technically, that was showing the insides, so they banned it. And like the people who banned it were just like, "Yeah, those are the rules. Like we can't do anything about it. We're not a news organization. We don't make editorial mm-hmm. decisions." Mark Zuckerberg personally said, "No, you have to post it." And like that would set off a like a, a whole big thing of like, "Well, then what are we? You know, are we are we a news organization or not?" And then. So that create you know, it's an ongoing discussion, I guess. And so I support banning Alex Jones just because he's a shithead. And, yeah. and the other thing is then Facebook, Apple, all these places, Spotify, they, they have to face the repercussions for censoring somebody. So the market will speak, you know, and they right now I think they're going to they're they're doing okay so what when bill maher is out there saying it's it's suppressing free speech it's like you said he can say whatever he wants he can create his own platform and if they come Mm -hmm. come. so i and he has the he has the capacity to do that so he but well you know the thing that people need to realize is that facebook uh google slash youtube twitter these are all social media platforms And that means that they can have their own rules because we all have to accept terms to use them. Right. Uh, Whereas the Washington Post, the New York Times, 
Fox News, any one of these organizations that represents themselves as a journalistic endeavor, they have a different set of rules. Which uh, is so, why when you get into the, the thing of like, okay, he's, he's promoting you know, views that are not socially acceptable, like, is it hate speech or are you just being like, he's icky, you know? And then, then you get into a dicey situation of like, oh, you're not just a pl social media platform. You're, you're editorializing. And I get that argument. I don't know. I don't have an answer. I, I think that I understand both sides. I just think that, you know, it, I think it's going to be a moving uh, goalpost all the time. Like we're going to always have to police how we, we do this thing. I don't think there's a firm set of rules you can, you can abide by. You want to exercise your free speech online, start a freaking blog. Okay. That's the way it is. Uh, other than that, uh, go out and, and get a license and have a license demonstration. Your, your freedom of speech is not being hindered on these private social media platforms because guess what? They aren't protected, uh, under the, the first amendment or, or anything else for that, uh, uh, matter. They are a social media platform for private use. And, and that's, that's just the way it is. So if they decide someone can be a member or somebody can't be a member, again, it's still a private thing. So it doesn't matter even having to meet certain obligations. It's like, oh, these were our terms, but guess what? There's always a line that says that it's subject to, to also their discretion and change at any moment. And then you just have to accept it again. And if you and, don't and like it, you're going to move away from it. And if you don't like it, yeah, you can quit it. And I'm, I've essentially quit Facebook. I don't really use it anymore. Um, um, you know, there's one question I want to ask you, Marty, but, uh, I don't know, kind of hits a little close to home. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, but the president of the United States, uh, tweeted this morning that, uh, he feels that there is censoring going on through social media and, uh, search engines He's, that he, are suppressing he, good news about him. He didn't say search engines. He's mentioned one in particular. Okay, well, we'll just say search engines okay, for now, okay, if that's okay. Right. Yeah, Rainbow-colored um, search engines, yes. Which I felt kind of funny about because, one, uh, the search engine that was mentioned is a very tailored experience as it is. You know, like if I go just to news, uh, I'm going to get the news that's reflected for me and based on the settings I've done. Uh, but the other thing, too, is it's like, well, you know, maybe... If you think about it too, the way search engines work, you know, they, they look through, they categorize information and the more information that's available, it gets reflected in the results. So if you have a majority of bad news about something and a minority of good news about something, guess what's going to come up in most of the results? Yeah. If you act like a shithead, then they're going to post the shithead behavior, you know, or that's what's going to come up. Like, if you're <laughs> But to some extent, you know, the news does poke at the bear with a stick as well. Like there was a time, uh, there was an article I was reading last night, might've been vanity fair, might've been New York times. Doesn't matter where it was. Uh, but the picture that they chose, uh, for Trump sitting behind his desk for the announcement about the Mexico deal is the one that we've now seen where he's very, he's cross-armed and he's like, essentially, you know, yes. he's putting on a pouty yes. mad toddler he face. He looks like and... a petulant boy at his birthday party when people were paying more attention than the to the pinata than him, you know. He got, he only got 37 presents this year. Uh, there should have been 38, because right, 37 right. was last year. I wanted a green car. <laughs> and, and that, that, honestly, come on, that's the kind of thing where I think at that point, you're, you are poking the bear and even though they say they're doing balanced reporting, they really are, you know, showing 
a certain partiality. Whereas if you just show a neutral picture, because the press does this a lot. They use a lot of non-flattering images of them when decent ones are available. And I really think that, and I may be in the minority here, uh, but you know, when you're, when you're reporting on the story, you do set a tone with some of the uh, image examples that you use. So I really think those two should be more neutral based. Not that I'm, I'm looking in any way, shape or form to support here, but I'm just saying, you know, it's a wreck. Let's, uh, let's get it under control. They're trying to sell newspapers and they're trying to uh, basically sell a narrative. And that, that's Mm -hmm. their, that's a news organization's job. So that's one thing. And so that's why you have Fox news promoting one narrative and, uh, MSNBC promoting a different one. Um, and, but that is not what the search engine does. The search engine just promotes what's popular and what's interesting, what they think is interesting to you. And I, I guess there's always going to be human element to it, but in general, it, it's supposed to be a, a somewhat neutral uh, process. I don't, I don't know. Well, I mean, it's, there's a term, there's a term called search engine optimization. So whoever has their items tuned to uh be accepted and in line with those type of algorithms you know those are the ones that are going to get more coverage and and i'm sure that there are many news organizations given their fight for survival and relevance in our world i probably have numerous search engine optimization specialists on hand in order to ensure that they are indexed in a more favorable manner there is not, I will guarantee you that at my work, there is not a, a secret office full of like little elves, like, you know, sending out stories like send, send uh, that dude, the, the fat Trump uh, playing tennis, you know, send that photo. Don't send the one of him smiling. And, you know, right. it's it's not. Um, yes, it, it, it's absurd. It's absurd that he would even like tweet that out. I don't I, I don't like giving well, but it breath. Then again, we're talking about it. And no, that's no. the whole point, Marty. Yeah, I was about I to say about all the time. We can't be controlled by the spin that we're given. We need to stay on point and and focus on what matters, not being distracted by the shiny piece of glass the toddler is playing with. But it was fun watching him play with the speakerphone with the president of Mexico. <laughs> that was delightful. Just look it up online if you haven't seen it yet. Especially uh, the edit that has it uh, along with the Veep end credits uh, synced up with it and it just plays perfectly <laughs> that's the best uh yeah there uh, yes we could so much spend time on on petulant trump um but i'm more concerned about his actions than his tweets and his actions um i think are the things that we we try to focus on uh, but sometimes we we get lost in the weeds uh will yeah it's been great having you on the show, as always. You, this is a, this I always is a, have a great combo. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Tweet in. Oh, no. Email us. Uh, noonerpodcast at gmail.com. What, uh, I don't know. If you have subjects you want. If you have theories on, on um, the Avengers 4 movie, that's fine. If you, have, if you want to tell us your dreams, just keep it short. Uh, if you have more keys to happiness, those are the things that are that are. I think there we really go. need these days in in these troubled times. Um, Let's shine a light, Marty. Yes, and uh, oh, and then Darren says there's no such thing as a neutral picture, especially of Trump. Yes, that's true. Uh, SEO won't get good stories bumped up because there are no good stories. Oh, you just go to hash to or whatever subreddit uh, uplifting news, and and you'll get some some good stories. And then he, Darren also was saying that. Uh, Alex Jones has been a, a 
subject of denial of service attacks. Um, yeah, not surprising. He's a tool. Uh, Bring it on. Well, no, don't, don't, don't tempt people to attack us. Oh, good point. Sorry. <laughs> but let us know uh, what what you're doing out there in the world, and we will. Um, I'll try to have a more. Um, we'll we'll get. We'll have Cassandra back. We'll have. Uh, I think John Sylvain will come back, and will you? You will always come back. Well, hopefully, uh, mm-hmm. it's great having you. And um, I guess do you have anything? Oh, Netheads, listen to Netheads. When's the next uh, episode? streaming i think i think trent and i are gonna do a live thing sometime this evening night depending on what coast you're on and then that'll uh i've been doing a little thing not that there's any point to it but it's private on patreon for two days and then we publish it live oh okay there you go and uh so you can find out all the info just follow him at netheads ww no wait nethead ww or go to nethead'sonair.com okay and then do you, what what book are you reading what good book have you read recently since you're the mm, reader I don't the one I'm reading now is good but I can't even remember the name of it the the last one I read was the uh, it was a series of books based on uh, called the Bobaverse uh, where a, a gentleman comes into some money and he you know makes the contract to have his uh, brains uh, chronologically frozen and then in the future he wakes up and he is now basically the property of the government and placed in control of a ship, and it it sounds nerdy, but it's actually really uh, kind of a cool read. It's the Bobaverse, and the character's name is book. Fred, right? Hmm. The character's name is Fred. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's that's why it's called No Marty. It's Bob. Oh, Robert. Sorry. Jeez. All right. <laughs> uh, we will see you next Tuesday. Whoops! You got to turn up the volume. The, the volume button, it's a thing. You gotta, you it's gotta, a critical you, one, yeah. Yeah. Right, Sorry, Tyson. If that fuck. If that fuck. If that fuck. If that fuck. This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio.